This is a Technicom podcast. Think for a moment about the car of the future. As you have probably guessed, it's quite smart, meaning your car can make driving decisions for itself. It can react to input with lightning speed and all the while providing new levels of safety and efficiency. So it stands to reason that the car of the future must have a really fast communication backbone, right? I'm Peter Ballant from Technicon. Welcome to today's episode. In previous podcasts, it's been said that the car of the future resembles a data communication center on wheels. The car to terra project is helping to develop this concept by exploring how to effectively use sub-terahertz frequencies to transfer critical data in the fastest, most reliable way. In car to terra the project partners are bringing their research to life by constructing and demonstrating a prototype of an in-cabin passenger monitoring system and a short-range, high-data-rate terahertz over plastic wired links. In car to terra you would find partners from Austria, Sweden, Poland, Italy, and Spain. And today, we speak with Herbert Sirat from Chalmers University of Technology in Sweden. His team is focusing on designing and building the circuits to be used in the demonstrators in car to terra Welcome, Herbert, and thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Give us a quick overview of car to terra from your perspective. Yes, the Core to Terra project is about applications in the terahertz frequency range. So in this project, we have chosen two different demonstrators. One is a radar sensor for in-cabin monitoring of people for, for safety and security. And uh, the other uh, demonstrator is a high data rate communication system for, for high data rate communication over plastic fiber instead of copper cable or, or we communicate over uh, optical fiber. But in this case, it's uh, terahertz waves that goes over plastic fiber at very high data rate. So these are two demonstrators we will build at the end. Okay, and the project deals with sub-terahertz frequencies, which means you need sort of a different approach. And this is perhaps where using optical fiber doesn't really perform well anymore. You have to you have to get something that can deal with the much, much higher frequencies that are required in order to carry out these super fast communications. Is that pretty much correct? Yeah, well, uh, optical fiber are communicating at much higher frequency so and, and it's not uh, really radio frequency technology anymore um, so we we are at frequencies above 100 gigahertz say up to three four hundred gigahertz so that that's the frequency range we want to cover and then if we focus um, on your particular efforts we'd see that a part of this project, as you said, is to build two demonstrators. And your job, along with your team at Chalmers, is to design the circuitry for this. And can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there? Uh, yes, we design various circuits for the demonstrators, such as amplifiers. So, uh, And that circuit is uh, uh, amplifying uh, uh, small signals uh, so, so they can be demodulated uh, 
and uh, so so one can recover the the data. Uh, there are also other functions we perform, like changing frequency, so frequency translation. So we can, for instance, we can change frequency from 150 gigahertz to 10 gigahertz, for instance. These circuits are called mixers. And then there are also other circuits uh, we are uh, exploring, like frequency multipliers and a frequency multiplier simply multiplies the frequency with a factor two, three, or four, uh, etc. And then uh, we put these circuits together in, in a multifunction uh, circuit to form a transmitter and a receiver, which is the, the basis of uh, actually both uh, demonstrators. Uh, so both, both in the radar sensor, uh, we, we send out the signal, which, which we we have uh, formed in, in our circuits. And then we get the reflected wave back um, from an antenna, and then we receive that signal and transit, translate it to a, a, a lower, frequ- lower frequency where we can de- demodulate it. Um, it's similar with the, with the high data rate communication over plastic fiber. So Uh, circuits can be reused, actually. And for those people that maybe don't understand, for every electronic component that comes to market, there has to be quite a bit of research and design in the area of the circuitry. And the circuitry is basically like a roadmap for the um, electrons that are traveling um, to do their job. So what you're doing, a lot of it is uh, sort of at the drawing board and then um, to practicality where you build these demonstrators exactly in in practical life we simulate the performance in in circuit simulators to see that we we get the the type of uh, specification we want and then we we make what is called artwork uh, that this is the circuit layout which is the data the semiconductor factory need for processing the circuits and uh, after it's uh, processed, at uh, in this case it's Infineon uh, who make the processing of the circuits. One of the partners in the in this project. We also measure uh, the circuits, and uh, in in case uh, we are far off from the simulation, we try to understand why. So it's uh, quite a. One can say re- repetitive work. We we have done a, a number of of these uh, various processing rounds now. And of course, with these demonstrators, um, you have to build them and then you have to test them. And when we talked previously, you mentioned that the testing could sort of be a challenge um, in this particular case. And uh, tell us why that is. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah due to different reasons. Uh, one uh, one reason is that uh, equipment, uh, the measurement equipment, uh, they are not so well developed uh, at these high frequencies. So we need to get around that somehow. Um, in in some cases, we even have uh, problems with equipment that break uh, during the time. But it, it's not only equipment problem, but it's also the problem to get the signals in and out to the chip. I mean, the chip is a, a small piece of silicon. It's a, 
uh, number of square millimeter, say uh, three, four square millimeter of a silicon uh, wafer. These signals have to get into the ship and to get out to the ship at very high frequencies. And this is also a challenge uh, because typically what you do with electronic is that you package uh, a number of circuits on a circuit board. But uh, this is very complicated uh, at, at these high frequencies due to parasitic components. Uh, so we have to get around that problem. Um, this can be done various ways. Uh, one is to develop a package, and that is also what we do in the project, but it takes a much longer time. But it, it's possible also to use uh, what is called coplanar waveguide probes. So it's a, it's a probe that you contact the circuit with, and then, then you can apply the signals and you can take out the signals in the lab lab bench environment and, and do the testing you want. So so we, we do both uh, in this project. This uh, probe testing is done to get a, a fast result uh, on if the circuits are working or not. But then in the demonstrators, we need to have the circuit packaged. So that, that's one of the activities in the project also to to put put the circuit in the package so so we can put it on a circuit board. And it sounds like maybe a lot of these challenges that you experience are because you're just working in these super high frequencies that haven't really been rolled out on a large scale. It's still sort of new. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, from, from basic research, uh, several groups are, are working in this frequency range, but now we're talking about making demonstrators that can be scaled up in high production and uh, even make it to a consumer product. Uh, that's, that's a different, totally different story. Then, then it cannot be ex- expensive packaging, for instance. So one need to find a, a low-cost package for this. That's also uh, an activity in the project. And uh, Infineon is developing these types of packages. We, we work together with them. So it, it covers a, really a lot of activities, this project. It's not only about the, the design of the circuits. It, it's much more than that. Sure. And so with the work that you're doing on Cartutera, I wonder what kind of effect did the pandemic have on your team? Yeah, of course, it has affected us somewhat. Um, we have had uh, all meetings uh, as uh, video conferences, and I think uh, many people have learned how to use these uh, various programs now. So I think this has worked very well. But uh, then we we are somewhat restricted to be on campus also. So uh, the access to uh, to the labs, for instance, has been somewhat restricted. So it's, it has had some limitation, uh, but I, I think we are pretty much on, on the target. I mean, we, we are delayed a bit, but I think uh, we can manage that. Do you think when the uh, COVID pandemic is gone, uh, do you think we could sort of cope with less travel than we have in the past? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, Many people will will save a lot of time because traveling usually takes uh, two days. 
uh, of course you you would need to have some meetings face to face but uh, i think a lot lot of meetings uh, will be over video conference and the tools are getting better and better so so i think we will see more more of this in the future yeah this is a good point and kind of a tragic way to learn how we could be more efficient but in the end i'm hearing this from a lot of different individuals that you know we're we're, we're uncovering new ways to work and and this is probably mm. a good thing yes i think another thing is that uh, uh, people will work more from home also uh, to a larger extent maybe a few days per week uh, if that's possible I mean, everyone cannot do it, but uh, people normally working at offices uh, can can possibly do that. And uh, I think also companies will will save uh, office space uh, due to this. For sure, yeah, without a doubt. I'm curious, also from your side, what other challenges did you encounter? What unexpected roadblocks did you run into? Not that many, really. I mean, uh, COVID we have covered, and uh, I, I think I mentioned also that we had some instrument that broke. Uh, so, but uh, apart from that, uh, I think it it has worked pretty smooth. Uh, we we have regular contacts with the partners, both all together, but also between individual partners to to resolve problems we we see on the way. So, so I think it, it has been rather smooth during the project. Okay. Now I want to turn to a news item, and this kind of made me think of the car to terra project in a way. We're hearing about companies like Volvo, for example, who recently announced that they will halt their production line. And it's not because of waning customer demand, but because of chip shortages. And there should be an effort to make the EU more independent when it comes to supplying microchips. And I'm wondering what kind of inroads is Cartutera making in this effort? Um, yeah, Cartutera is, is uh, really based on semiconductor technology, uh, both um, on the antenna side and uh, the part where, where KTH is uh, doing their effort on in micro-machining and microelectromechanical systems. So, one can say that that's a part of semiconductor industry as well, or, or research. And then definitely Infineon's processes are, are really in the leading edge in, in its area, that is for, for very high frequencies. So and there, there are many other semiconductor companies in Europe as well, like ST Microelectronics, Infineon, NXP, to men- mention a few, I think it, it has become apparent now that that we have to use uh, European suppliers uh, more more than before. I think so- some of the processes uh, are very difficult to build up in Europe, like the few nanometer CMOS processes, and because th- those factories are extremely challenging and e- extremely expensive as well of course now now it's a, a shortage but we we don't know uh, after two years if there if there will be a shortage anymore and if europe then pay for these very <laughs> expensive factories uh, 
there will be overproduction maybe uh-huh yes but so so that i think that 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 could be a problem really if we believe in europe that we very easy can can build the same factory as tsmc for instance or intel i mean they, they have uh, developed the technology for many many years and it's it's not so easy to to copy it but but we have other processes which are very important, like the high frequency um, silicon uranium by CMOS, uh, we, we have also CMOS in Europe, um, and we have power electronics. So there, there are some, some semiconductor areas where we are very competitive, and uh, I think it's very important to to keep that. And uh, then um, I think uh, I haven't really seen any real data on on exactly what circuits are are in shortage uh, but i think it it's about graphical processors which is used for the crypto market uh, crypto mining so it it's it's a little bit uncertain really at for me at least the specific circuits which are lacking nobody says really what it is um, <laughs> okay, it's interesting. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> I think uh, journalists should do better work there and <laughs> try to find out, okay, what really what circuits are we talking about? We can just we can just guess. I, I think it's uh, GPUs and DRAMs, uh, but uh, uh, maybe uh, microprocessors or microcontrollers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like this maybe is not such an easy problem to solve, but something that will require a lot of attention over the next few years to see which way things go. Absolutely. It, it's very critical for, for car industry now, for instance. Yeah. Now, if you look forward a little bit, um, can you predict or say which new technologies could come out of this car to terra project? Yeah. Um, I mean, the baseline is the Sigi semiconductor process. And we are designing in a new process called B12, which is a top-notch silicon germanium process that can cover frequencies uh, up to maybe 500 gigahertz or so. That will definitely, if, if we can make uh, demonstrators that could be a consumer product, this would be very good for those processes. Then what the KTH is doing, that, that's the micro-machine silicon um, and micro-electromechanical systems, which is also uh, uh, based on silicon, that, that could also be scaled up in production and one can integrate that in fabrication process uh, in the future with, say, a silicon germanium semiconductor process. So th- this is also something uh, one can look at in the future, how, how to integrate uh, the active electronics with the, with the passive ones. And that's really something w- which is new today for these applications. Besides, we, uh, we were also working with graphene electronics, which is uh, even more challenging. Uh, what, what we try to do there is to, to make uh, frequency converters. And uh, if, if that's working, uh, this could also be a technology that might come to uh, mass production. But there are, there are many challenges left in, in this area. 
yeah, this sounds great. The hope really of any H2020 project is to develop future technologies. And to me, it sounds like in Cartutera, there are many promising opportunities. Thanks for the updates on the project. And uh, your work is definitely augmenting Europe's existing success story on advanced smart electronic sensor systems. So thanks. Yes, it's, it has been a pleasure to be here. For more information about the Car2Terra project, go to car2terra.eu. The Car2Terra project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 824962.